0: Today, we are concluding our series of the book of Ephesians, and so we've been looking at the series from this subject heading called, We Have to Remind Yourself. Hey, who needed a reminder to wake up this morning? <laughs> uh, I've got so many reminders. Um, because uh, I forget things really fast and really easily. And, and that is how the series kicked off. God told me that we need to remind ourselves about a few things. We've got to remind ourselves about the goodness of God. We've got to remind ourselves that He loves us, that He cares about us, and that He is for us. And so as we journeyed through this book over the past five weeks, we, we had a look at it, and we saw that the book had two themes. The first theme was we have to remind ourselves about who we are, that everything you've been through and everything that you are going to go through, it's part of your story. And God in your life is a part of your story as well, and that is where we get our identity from. We also learned that God's grace, it's amazing. It costs us nothing. And then we, we had a look at... Um, we need to be in step with God, that His love surpasses anything we can think about. It's deep, it's wide, deep and wide. He's, I won't sing that. Um, I realize that... So, so I can see there are people my age and older, but I also spend a lot of time with people that I look at and I go, you, you're probably my age... And when I ask them about certain things, they're like, no, Milo, you're like way older than us. You're like 10 years older. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I look good for my age. So, so that's, that's how I have to see things at this moment. So we, we looked at that God's love is so great for us. And we have to remind ourselves that do we get it? Do we get just how much he loves us? Do we get just how much he cares about us? And then there's a specific way we need to live. And we need to be in step with God Then um, the second theme we had a look at was, so the first one was who we are, and then the second one was what we need to do, because no matter who you are, there's things that we have to do. As a kid, whose kids have chores at this moment? (laughs) Um, Whose kids do their chores? Wow, I'm sending my kids to your place. Uh, we have to, you know, everybody's got something to do. We aren't saved from works, but we saved for works. So God calls us into the family, and then he's got things to do. And, and even though it's, it's small things, it's, some assembly is needed. There's certain things that we have to do. Then we had a look at, in order to grow, we need to work. You have to put into practice that which you have heard, and learned. Because that's the only way we're going to see growth. That's the only way we're going to see maturity, is if we work it. And then, how many of you guys took dance classes this week? How many of you guys danced this week? Oh, man, I didn't dance this week. This was one week I wasn't able to dance. But last week we spoke about we have to be in step with who God is and what He has for our lives. And we use the illustration of when we dance, you have to be so in step with your partner that the life we live, we are called to live totally different to our previous life before Jesus was here, before Jesus saved us. And so we have to be in step with who He is. And today, we are going to be closing off our series in Ephesians chapter 6. Last week, I kind of cut corners and I jumped into Ephesians 6 a little bit. And uh, so we're only going to do a small part of it. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to be reading from verse 10. And this is what it says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So today, as we have a look at Ephesians chapter 6 and how we should remind ourselves, I want to have a look at it from this subject, stand and fight. Can we pray? So Father, thank you. That we get to meet. May we never take for granted that we get to come together. May we never take for granted that we get to hear your word. And I pray that as we dissect your word today, that you would do a work in us. So I pray, as a seed gets planted, will you grow it? Will you nurture it? Encourage us through your word. We ask this in your name. Amen. Christmas. How many of you guys have Christmas traditions? Anybody? Okay. Um, Like normal Christmas traditions come from when you actually sit around the table. So we always have a lot of food. And for dessert, we always have trifle. Anybody have trifle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who has turkey on Christmas? Okay. Who has more than one meat dish at Christmas? Yeah. Oh, okay, my kind of people, I know where most of you stay, uh, it's going to be one of those traveling dinners this Christmas, so it's going to be good. But one of the things, when we, when we go into the Christmas season, in our family, it becomes movie time. Hey, Netflix gets its money's worth, we get our money's worth out of Netflix. So um, how many of you guys love Christmas movies? In my family, it's always the ladies'. So I don't know how many times I have watched um, The Princess Switch over Christmas and it's kind of like the female version of Fast and the Furious uh, because there's so many of them and we've watched all of them and every, like, every episode there's a, another person that looks the same as the first person. So I don't know how they got that right but there's more such a lot of people. So my wife and my daughter, they actually... Control everything over Christmas. So they watch Christmas movies and they always, to me, I find they are cheesy. I'm sorry. Just because I find them cheesy doesn't mean I don't get to watch them. However, me, on the other hand, I like war movies. People need to die. Even over Christmas. How many of you guys would agree with me that Die Hard Number One is a good Christmas movie? If you haven't watched Die Hard, I'm not endorsing it, but go and watch it. Eh? Uh, maybe you know, send the kids to bed first, eh? and, or, or get them to go and visit friends if you're watching it during the day. But Die Hard, I mean, there's a lot of, for me, I love fighting. I don't like to fight. Eh? Some of us were built with speed, others had to fight. I know a lot of people, so I don't have to do either one of those. So this is the thing is, I love fighting movies. I love war. I love when people run up against each other and kill each other and fight. And yes um, it's going to sound weird. And stab, cut off ears. And if you don't like that things don't read your Bible. Because Peter cut off a man's ear. And, and everybody was like, oh, look. He cut off his ear. Nothing strange. Just another day. But as you can see, in my family, we're different. Ellie likes cheese. I like war. And the thing about war movies is, there's always this build up to the last scene. These, you know, they, they go, the movie starts, but then there's this build up to the final battle. And then they give you these cut scenes where people are running and they're making armor, making weapons, and guys are learning different moves, they're getting in formation, they're putting up barricades, they're strategizing. And then comes the final battle they go to the battlefield and they take their lines and that is what ephesians was all about if we look at it from that context there was a build up to ephesians 6 because in ephesians 1 2 3 you need to know who you are so you can get ready and then you have to learn a few things because yeah in chapter 6 We find out that we are going to war. And that is what we need to understand. Being a Christian will always be a life where things aren't roses and cupcakes. Some of us might have eaten a few, but our lives will never be easy and this is what Paul is telling us. When we started off with Ephesians, we learned that the Ephesians lived in a really crazy time where people were offering up babies as sacrifices, that young kids were being offered as um, what, prostitutes to people in temples. That was the life that they grew up in, and that is all they knew. And so when the gospel got preached, Paul was telling them, this is who you are, and this is how it changes. But it can't just change because there's something else that you need to do. You're going to have to take a stand so you don't fall back into it, but you're also going to have to fight so you can change the culture. You've got to change the way you think, you've got to fight for everything that is there. So he was getting everybody ready. And Jesus is saying this you find your identity. that you can trust in me. Paul showed us that even though we aren't saved by works, we are saved for works. So as we look at this last chapter, we have to remind ourselves of two things. And this is what is found in the, the title of today's message. Number one, you first have to stand. And the only way you can stand is if you know your source Um, most people will never understand the pain of having to wait a week to watch the next episode of your favorite series. How many of you guys were brought up where there were adverts when you watched a program? How many of you guys had to wait a week to see the next episode of, like, MacGyver? Do you guys remember that? Okay, let me, let me take you a bit further back. I don't know how far back this is. I don't know what your favorite story, but growing up, one of my favorite stories was Power Rangers. Just like amazing. I watch it now and I look at my kids and I'm like, this is so dwarf. Why, why? How do we allow our kids to watch these things? But I loved it. And the thing about Power Rangers that was so cool is they were just a bunch of ordinary kids in school, but then they found these belt buckles. You know, they look like WWE stuff, man. It's like these massive things. And whenever they needed to fight a bad guy, they would change. They would call it, for those who don't know, they would morph. It's morphing time. Not morphing time, morphing time. And they would change. And their power source would come from the power coin that was in it. Without it, they felt weak and that they couldn't do anything. And so they were always striving to connect to the power source in order to overcome whatever they were facing. And this is what we need to do over here: is that we need to connect and we need to know who our source is. Our strength is not in our own abilities, it is in God, because He takes the ordinary and He makes it extraordinary. Have a look at this. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord, not in yourself, in the Lord and in His mighty power. You see, we have to lean in Him. We need to trust on Him. We need to get closer to Him. I know God has gifted us with so many things, but we still need to press in to Him. Think about your cell phone for a minute. Let's have this debate. iPhone or Samsung? It's okay, let's not do that. <laughs> Everybody knows that's a discussion, right, really? Okay. Wowie, did I forget Wowie? Yes. I forgot Wowie. come on, Wowie, Milo, you forgot that. But everybody's going to argue that their phone is better than someone else's. Everybody always goes, Milo, your phone is rubbish. <laughs> and then I don't even have the latest and greatest. But check this out, how many of your phones can connect to the internet? Okay, so we've all got smartphones. Okay, so everybody's got WhatsApp. Everybody can take photos. Our phones are so amazing. But how many of you guys know you still need power to work your phone? So there comes a time in the day when you actually have to take your phone and lay it down and connect it to a power source. And that's the same with us. In order for us to stand, We need to make sure we know who our source is. Because if we just keep running and doing everything through our own strength, we're going to fail. We're going to fall. We're going to trust on ourselves. And when things don't work out, everything crumbles. So we need to know who our source is. How many of you guys have just had that thought of, I just can't handle this no more. Just can't deal with this. You, you didn't sleep lacquer because, I don't know, not the kids, but your husband just, you wouldn't stop talking. So you didn't go to bed early. Then the kids wake you up too early. And then you get a phone call from that person. You know that person, that, that you don't want to get a phone call at half past five in the morning. And then the first thing that goes in your mind is like, I just can't deal with this right now. And that's usually because we haven't connected to the source that gives us strength. There is... I love the story. I use it often. There's this passage in the Bible where David is supposed to be fighting. I used it last week when we, when, we, when we did the whole baby dedication. He is in the enemy's camp, and he's going to fight with them against God's people, against his own people. So he gets his men, and they travel with, but they get rejected. How many of you guys like rejection? No one. He gets rejection, rejected and he gets sent back to camp. When he gets back to camp, everything is gone. How many of you guys like it when your stuff gets stolen? No one. Not only is his stuff gone, but his woman is gone as well. How many of you, I'm not gonna ask that, but um, <laughs> let's be nice. And, and so everything gets taken away, his wife, his kids, his possessions, not just his, but all his people as well. So he gets there, And when he has to deal with rejection, he faces loss. And in the midst of facing loss, what is the next thing he faces? An uprising. Where his own people that he led for years, that he's brought back from when they were rejected, they turn on him to kill him. And what does it say David does at that moment? He strengthens himself in the Lord. We read here in verse 10, be strong in the Lord. David goes and strengthens himself in the Lord. I can't imagine, or should I say, I can only imagine what he would have done if he didn't strengthen himself in the Lord. Number one, he could have given up and allowed his men to overpower him. Number two, he could have thrown accusations against them and started a war within his own people. But he didn't. He did the only thing he knew he could do, and that was connect to Jesus. Because when he connected to the power source, when he connected to the source, the thing that gives him strength, the thing that gives him drive, the thing that gives him vision, everything turned around. So in order for us to stand, we need to know who our source is. Who's your source of love? Who's your source of hope? Who's your source of of courage, of growth, you might think it's everything that we have or accomplished, but it's not. You've got that because of what God has done in your life. And this is the thing. When we can't, Jesus can. Paul writes, when he is weak, we see that God is strong. We spoke about when it's impossible, that's when God steps in, and that is where miracles happen, when we lay it down. So, the first thing when it comes to learning to stand is we need to know our source. The second thing we need to do is you need to know your enemy. The Last Samurai. Anybody watch that? One of my favorite Christmas movies. Why? Because people die. I'm not going to go and kill anybody, I promise. I just love watching these things. But in this movie... There's this guy, Katsimoto. He is the leader of this band of samurais that serve the emperor of Japan. And what happens is they want to change the way Japan works and they want to bring in a different influence, which means they have to get rid of the samurai. And so the the emperor employs America to teach them their ways and they get an army in to combat this general of theirs that they believe is the enemy to the kingdom. So what does Katsumoto do? He launches an attack, and he finds this one specific guy called Nathan Gray, who is played by a really strange guy. I don't know what his name Tom Cruise, someone famous. And... Um, And as he's watching Tom Cruise in this fight, he sees an enemy. And this enemy has taken out one of his greatest warriors. And instead of killing his enemy, he captures him. Why? Because he realizes in order to beat them, I need to learn from them. I need to know them. And as the story unfolds, we realize there is actually no enemy, because they are just fighting against themselves. And this is something that 98% of us seem to battle with. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says this, be alert and of sober mind, cause your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's a copy, he's not the original. And we need to put on the full armor of God because we need to know who our enemy is. Your enemy isn't the person sitting next to you. Your enemy isn't the person at work. My wife actually, she read through this, And she actually typed in here, and you can go and ask her, it wasn't me. Your enemy is not your (laughs) mother-in-law. That was not me. I was not going to put that in. But your enemy is not a person. Your enemy is not the people you're on earth. You see, the devil walks like he is not a lion. He walks like a lion. And he uses these things called schemes. What are schemes? Have you met anybody that comes up with a lot of schemes? Hey, It's little plans. Plans just to get under your skin. Plans to make you just not like the person next to you. Because at the end of this movie, when all the samurai are dead, Nathan Gray is the last one left. And he comes to the emperor, and he hands the emperor Katimoto's sword. And he asks... The emperor asks Nathan, how did he die? And with tears in his eyes, he looks at Nathan Gray. Nathan Gray looks up and he goes, let me tell you how he lived. Because they came to realize that who they were fighting was not the enemy. It was the idea of change that brought a rift in between everything. And there was no talking through it. And this is where we seem to fail a lot. Something happens, and then we look at the person, and then that person becomes our enemy. And Satan comes up with just schemes of little things to go, you don't belong. It is not true. You aren't actually a part of this. When none of that was said, you see, this is the thing. Instead of there being peace, bitterness creeps in thoughts roll in instead of love we see pushback instead of bridges we see walls and that is all satan needs to do he just needs to keep you away from the other person so last week we learned we need to be in step with god can i ask can can, can we be we also spoke about wives and husbands and kids and parents and workers and employers Please be nicer with each other. In order for you to stand, you need to know that your enemy is going to slip in really silently. And he won't attack you from the front. He'll come from behind and he'll whisper things in your ear. Can I say, can we be nicer to each other? Can we speak better about each other? Because we don't know when we say something, someone could just be having an off day. And it could change everything so the way we need to stand is know your source and know your enemy walk in love walk in peace walk in wisdom but we weren't just called to stand how many of you guys have ever stood in the ocean and tried to stop a wave it's a lot of fun I see. I used to do it growing up, and I see my kids do it now. The wave becomes the enemy. It's like so when the wave comes, they flying, kicking, punching, you know, elbow dropping, and the wave just keeps coming. But if they don't do that, they're not going to get to the other side. Because now I've got to let you know, I've got three kids: Judah, Jaden, and Rebecca. Judah and Jaden they in the same weight class, sorry height, and Rebecca just wants to be with her brothers. But Rebecca is way lighter than them all. And they always run towards the waves. And the nicest thing is, no matter how far they go, I always pick up Becky next to me on the side of it because the wave comes and it just brings her back and she goes, oh my gosh, that was amazing. And this is the thing. We were called to stand, but we also need to get ready. Because there are certain things that we are going to have to fight against. And we are all in a battle whether we like it or not. So the second thing we need to do is we need to fight. So know your source, know your enemy, but check this out. My last point that I want to talk to us today about is you got to check your armor. Anybody play cricket here? Anybody have cricket equipment like the full kit? How many of you guys just leave it in your bag like for a whole season and then only check it? when you at the match. Uh, we, were, we, we just moved and we had all this cricket equipment and I realized my kids have no idea what all the cricket equipment is like. So they pulled out the pads and they're like, what is this? I'm like, it's for your knees. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And then they pulled out the gloves. I'm like, no, we know what this is. And then they pulled out <laughs> another protective unit. And my boy goes, what's this, Dad? And I'm like, oh, my boy, I think you should just... It's a gas mask. (laughs) And he looks at me and he goes, no. (laughs) But how many of you guys know, if you don't check your equipment before the fight, before the match, when you get into it, you have no idea if it works. And this is why Paul goes, put on the full armor of God... And we have to do this on a daily basis. We have to check our equipment. You have to check your armor. And he starts off with going, you need to put on the belt of truth. The only cool thing about a belt is when you hear that song of John Cena. It's like, and they walk down. There's nothing cool about a belt. But I don't know about you, I'm at that size class where I need a belt, no matter what I do. Because a belt keeps people from laughing at you. A belt keeps everything neat and tidy. It says the belt is truth. Did you know truth is a person? Jesus tells his disciples, I'm the way, I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is truth. And as we go through life, what truth do you believe? Do you believe that God loves you? Do you believe that Jesus died for you? We need to know before anything, we need to make sure that we know the truth. God or this world? Because think about it. If you stand, you've got to connect stuff to your belt. So the first thing we need to look at is your belt. Check your belt. Whose truth do you believe? My daughter always comes running and asking me stuff. Judas said this, Dad. Is it true? Because her brother will always coax her out of stuff. But then she goes, I know who I can ask. And so she'll run to the source of everything and go, hey, Dad, is Judah telling the truth? Because truth keeps everything real. So check your belt. The second thing you need to do is check your breastplate. It says the breastplate of righteousness. If you look at the word righteousness, in Christian saying it means to be, in right standing with God but if we use proper English this is all righteousness is it's the way God sees you it's the way God looks at you because once you have accepted Jesus he sees you through the lens of what Jesus did on the cross and what does a breastplate protect? protects your heart check this out Adam and Eve were in right standing with God before the fall But when Satan, who came and twisted God's word, things started changing. Their hearts grew cold. Because how many of you guys know nothing changed between God and his creation? Everything changed from the creation upwards. And a lot of things is we need to guard our hearts because someone is going to say something, someone from our past, someone that you know, has has dropped us, someone that has moved away, and things that affect the heart hurt. Doesn't matter how old it is. If it was someone that was close, they say things and it hurts. So we need to protect our heart. We either view our lives in the context of what God thinks of us, or what man thinks of us. How do you... See yourself. Check your breastplate. The next thing it goes is, put on the shoes, which is the gospel of peace. Check your shoes. How many of you guys like shoes? Who loves shoes? My wife loves shoes. It's, 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 not, just a, it's not just a lady thing. It's, you know, I like shoes as well. But I realize whenever you put on shoes, you are getting ready. Shoes represent you going out, you going, you moving. How many of you guys have seen people with new shoes on? They walk differently, okay? Hey? Like, when it's dusty, you know, they, they wait. The wind is blowing. Are we going? Yeah, we're going. When? Tomorrow. But they'll stand there with their shoes on. Like, I've got, I've, I've got kids that are attracted to anything made out of white fabric. And I love me some white shoes. So do the black under my kids' feet. So my sister bought me new shoes. I, I got blessed with white shoes. Do you remember that first Christmas? You have to see them now. I, I thought they were white, they all shades off dirty. And this is the thing, like when my kids walk around me, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I, I, do the, I do the moonwalk. <laughs> but people walk different when they got new shoes on. Even when they got new sports shoes on. No, they always walk until they get to the field and then it's. But shoes are preparing you for your journey. When you think about shoes, when you think about God is getting you ready to go somewhere. So you have to check your shoes. We have to walk different. We spoke about this last week. We have to live a different kind of life. Peace, like I says, like I says. Peace, like I say, prepares you for your journey. Jesus writes in um, John chapter 14, "My peace I leave to you." Not like the world gives, which comes with terms and conditions, which has an expiry date. He's like, no, 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 no. My peace I give to you. So don't let your heart be troubled and don't be afraid because it surpasses all understanding. So it doesn't matter where you go, your work, on holiday, to the shops. Check your shoes. What are you saying? What are you thinking? No one's out there to get you but you are out there to change the world. But check this thing. You can't have peace if you don't know truth. You can't be in right standing with God if you don't have truth. If you do not know who Jesus is, you will never be able to walk in peace. And then the next thing that we have to look at is the shield of faith. Faith is what protects us from the negative way of life. Faith sees obstacles, but carries on anyway. Faith moves us forward because we walk by faith, not by sight, except on the building site. Please walk by sight, don't walk into holes, don't walk in a different way. Faith goes, it's not about what I see, it's in who I believe. The second last thing is we need to check is the helmet of salvation. Change the way you think. The Israelites, when they left Egypt, how many of you guys know, they left as rich people. They plundered Egypt. The only problem is they had a slave mentality, a slave mindset. So they always argued. They always grumbled. And I don't know how many of you guys play games or watch movies a headshot is fatal. In war movies, have you seen people get like peppered with bullets and then you see them in the next episode. But a guy gets shot in the head and that's it, game over. We need to be careful about what goes on in over here. That's why we need to put on the helmet of salvation. Paul writes, don't conform but be transformed through what? What? The way you think. The way that... Change your mindset. Change your mindset. Change your life. And then the last thing is, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is how we fight. Forgive. Love. Don't hold a grudge. Walk in peace. You don't believe me? Go read the Bible. You want to see a change in your life? Read the Bible. If you want to see a change in everything, read the Bible. Because the Bible is the thing that is going to go, this is what we do. And a lot of us will go, but I don't want to do that. And you know what happens? We might not want to do that, but then things never change. So this is what we need to remind ourselves. We remind ourselves that we have to stand. And the only way we can get up off the floor is if we know our source, And know who our enemy is. We need to put on the full armor of God. And you're going to have to fight. To change an atmosphere. To change a culture. To change a city. Can we pray?